Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh well. Good day? These are the audio notes of Dr. Jamie McMillan Berry aboard the DSS Amphitrite, recorded for the Casita Memorial Research Fund. I've been on board for 16 days now. of how this place works. We defer first to Phaedra, uh, Captain Aspros, then to Hamish, then Sydney, then Jack, then Mona. You'll realize that I'm not on the list. This is by design. Whose design? I'm not really sure. But let's just say that Sydney's opinion of my work is not a rare one at negative 30,000 feet. You know, the thing that's the most annoying, there's nobody to talk to. I mean, the crew's friendly enough, but they don't know the first thing about philosophical research or humanities research at all, really. It's all just, what's your hypothesis, Jamie? And can you really control for that variable, Jamie? Which, the answer is no, obviously, but that doesn't mean what I'm doing isn't still research. I guess, topside, there was always somebody to talk these things through with. Even if it was all the way from the beginning, like, what is the difference between a metaphor and a simile-level beginning, I could still talk it through. Down here, I'm by myself for the most part. Even that micro-conversation with Mona two weeks ago was enough to get me started on 20,000 leagues under the sea. But since then, I've just hit a wall. It doesn't help that there isn't anything else to do down here. We have a television, but no streaming, and you were apparently expected to bring your own DVDs. Who even owns DVDs anymore? I could read, but that feels a lot like work, even my favorites. And I can only elliptical in the gym for so long before even I start to get nuts. But the only real entertainment we have is each other, and no one likes me enough to actually want to hang out. Or even if they did, they're too busy. So, I'm pretty bereft of company. I have my knitting. I'm going to have to request some more yarn in the next shipment. Honestly, at this point, I think I've knitted a long enough scarf to wrap around the entire station three times. Lengthwise. Actually, though, Captain Aspros does the monthly requests, and since I told her about stealing the cliff bars, she's been a little... Mm, well, she's about at the level you'd expect someone to be at when they have very limited personal possessions, and then you steal some. 
And then they blame their best friend for it. I didn't tell Asperos about the full extent of my theft. That was probably the best decision I've made in months. This place is bleak. There's honestly no better way to describe it. It's too light and too dark at the same time because of these massive industrial-style lights. They're apparently fairly expensive because they're full-spectrum. It's like being in sunlight, only worse, because it's not even warm. The walls are this off-white color, but the shadows from all the pipes make all the compartments seem smaller than they actually are. Something to do with the light, I think? And the ceiling is low, even for me. It's only about six and a half feet. Honestly, it feels like I'm in a jail cell with a desk and some old-timey books. I'm going to have to see if I can get Rebecca or someone topside to send me down some lights. But according to the station safety rules, I have to have them specially insulated. So I'm stuck with the industrial BS until I can con someone into spending a couple hundred bucks making me new lighting. I guess I have a lamp in my bedroom that's decent, but that's about it. The station smells weird, too. Mildewy, but also like chemicals. I've been here for two weeks, and I'm still surprised every time I get hit in the face with damp, vaguely unpleasant-smelling air when I open the doors. The only time the station smells different is when someone's cooking, and then it's just sad because it's only ever single servings. I was sick of ramen and mug cookies when I was 19, and I don't understand why I have to keep eating them now. I guess I could learn to cook, but at my age, trying to learn to do something like that honestly feels pretty depressing. Ugh. I guess I'll just read out some of my half-baked notes from the Vern and see if I get anywhere saying it out loud. So, 20K Leagues is a book uniquely couched in its time. There's a lot of historical allegory, there's a direct Hugo reference, it's more of an in-joke than anything. So, any analysis has to be couched in the time also. It was written at the tail end of the Industrial Revolution, and there are quite a few references to industrialism in the book. See, the cuttlefish. That being said, there's quite a bit in terms of self-imposed exile that's pretty useful from a psycho-philosophical standpoint. For example, Oh. I guess you're already in. Hi, Sid. Um, Dr. Peterson. Barry, I need you to do something for me. It's Macmillan, Barry. Whatever. So... No, not whatever. If you're going to come in here and ask for a favor, you could at least get my name right. Fine, Macmillan Barry. Can you... Thank you, Dr. Peterson. So, where have you been these last few days? And shouldn't you be off poking those submariners with sharp, pointy objects? I was poking them. They're getting ready to leave this afternoon. Anyway, do you know how to bake a cake? Do I know how to bake a cake? Yes. Do you know how to bake a cake? Do I... I mean, I can make a mean latka, but only from real potatoes, not potato flakes. I made waffles from a recipe once, and bagels, I know how to... Look, why do you need a cake? It's Hamish's birthday. We're trying to surprise him with a cake. The captain requisitioned the ingredients, but neglected to ask for a recipe. That sucks. Why didn't you just get a boxed cake? I don't think that would have worked. We would have had to have edited the recipe for the pressurized environment. Mm-hmm. Wait, you're trying to have a surprise party? Yeah. A surprise party. Six people live in the station. What's your point? Just that if you actually manage to keep it a secret for this long, more power to you. Anyway, I can't...
hell was that? Those submariners I was poking with sharp objects. They're leaving. Is it supposed to sound like that? Yeah, it's just caused by the station getting used to the change of pressure again. It's nothing to worry about. Are any of the sounds on this station actually worth worrying over? If an actual alarm goes off, you should be worried. Other than that, probably not. Or where people shouldn't be, logically, there's bound to be weird noises. Back to the issue at hand, though. I think the station falling apart is a pretty important issue. The station is not falling apart. The station is just groaning about losing weight. Can you make a cake? No, sorry. Yeah, whatever. Thanks, Barry. It's McMillan, Barry! Whatever! God, they're annoying. As you can see, my relationship with the ship's doctor hasn't improved. I'm still trying, but... It's not going very well. Just so irritated that they won't call me by my name. Anyway, back to the... Hold on. The allegory of the cave. I wonder if there's something there that I can do about the cake. Hmm. Like, things are only what we say they are? We say a birthday cake is a certain thing, but down here we're a microcosm. We're a very small society, and we can say birthday cake is whatever we want it to be. This is all such crap, isn't it? Wait, no more submariners means... Oh, thank God. The sound from earlier was a U.S. Naval submarine leaving the station. That's what those 300 beds in the short-term section of the station are for. Navy, cargo subs, the very odd tourist crews will dock here. Stay for a few days, use a real shower with decent water pressure. The real draw, though, is the communications array. We're the only place in the Pacific with Wi-Fi. Well, okay, the only man-made place in the Pacific with Wi-Fi. I'm guessing there's Wi-Fi somewhere on the Australian continent. If my Twitter feed is anything to go by, there is definitely Wi-Fi in Indonesia. Uh, come in! Can I come in? Yeah, uh, sure. <sighs> this has to be the best couch on the station. Thanks. So, you're a geologist, right? I'm a geophysicist and a volcanist. Earthquakes and lava? Eh, in a word. So, what's new on Twitter? I saw the logo when I walked in. Nothing much. A few friends from undergrad planning weddings, complaining about their commutes, politics, that kind of thing. It's all very mundane. Well, I won't tell Phaedra if you won't. You're a cool dude. Want a cliff bar? Oh, absolutely. Anything's better than the cake they're going to scrounge together for me later. You're not supposed to know about that. <laughs> Uh, there are six people living in very close proximity to each other on this station. You really think I didn't hear Sydney shouting about buttercream? That's a fair point. So, why the earthquakes and lava? Would you like the long answer or the short? Long answer, I think. Well, when I was 13, yeah... When I was 13, my parents took my little sister and I on a family vacation to Iceland. We weren't planning on staying more than about a week, and most of the reason we went was 
because my mother um, wanted to soak in the Blue Lagoon. She was a big believer in homeopathic remedies and wanted to soak in all the volcanic silt. Is the silt why it's blue? To some extent. Silt isn't exactly the right word, but the blue has to do with chemical interactions, sulfur and silica. The sulfur and silica are volcanic silts, for lack of a better term. There are real medical benefits to be found in the Blue Lagoon. A lot of decent dermatological effects. Uh, But I digress. We were planning on staying for two weeks and doing a tour through the whole country, but when we were about ready to go back to Scotland, there was a dirty thunderstorm. Which sounds somewhat more serious than lightning with a shot of espresso. What? It has to do with coffee. When you get a chai latte, you can... You know, never mind, this is your story. Go on. I'm happy to hear about dirty chai. Dirty chai is several degrees less interesting than something called a dirty thunderstorm. Hmm, fair enough. And yes, it is somewhat more serious than a shot of espresso. A dirty thunderstorm is what they call when lightning is generated in a volcanic plume. Intense. (laughs) Indeed. Well, to continue the narrative, we were at a B&B on the coast, not far from the mountain, and it went off. We spent three days, my parents increasingly terrified that we were about to be killed, with nothing to do in the hotel except watch the storm and read the old Encyclopedia Britannica. There was something about the juxtaposition between what was going on on the page and what I could see outside the window that hooked me. And I've been editing that encyclopedia entry ever since. Huh. How many times have you told that story? Several hundred, probably. Is it true? <laughs> of course it's true. Hmm. Okay, so that was the long version. What's the short version? Uh, I like rocks. <laughs> uh, reasonable. So, why'd you come all the way down here? For the astonishing good company. Well, you can never go wrong with surly science, folks. Seriously, though, what brought you down to the bottom of the sea? A spirit of uh, discovery. And it's something new. I've never lived anywhere as an adult longer than I live down here. I'm thinking of settling down to a professorship once I'm done with this stint of research. You know, inviting my niece to come live in Hawaii while I teach... Snot-nosed teenagers about rocks. That sounds nice. I bet you'd be a good teacher. Oh, thank you. Um, why are you on the station, then? This isn't the most common posting for a philosopher. I'm a literary doctor, actually. Doubly uncommon, then. Why aren't you on a university or a publishing house somewhere? I needed a change, too. That's not quite an answer. Why do you want to know? Turnabout's a fair play. Well, I didn't want to be a professor anymore, and one of my mentors all but filled out the application for the residency for me. I didn't actually think I'd get it, but here I am. And like you said, it's something new. Ah. Uh, What are you working on, then? (sighs) Right now, I'm looking about how the philosophical constructs of the allegory of the cave could be applied to the station. (laughs) The Republic, yeah. 
I read it as my humanities requirement when I was first in university, and I remembered that my professor said something about the uh, effect that every work of the Western canon until Marx was derivative of it. So, what say you, philosopher? <laughs> I'm sure there's got to be at least one original idea from Cicero. But I also think that originality isn't what one is going for, necessarily. It's uniqueness and how you think about things, as opposed to what specifically you think. And my favorite was always symposium, actually, just for personal edification. Why? Are you looking for platonic love? No, it's because I'm a, a big fan of the Iliad. <laughs> uh, I understand. My cohort in grad school got a lot of mileage out of that particular piece. Uh, I can only imagine... What are you thinking about the allegory of the cave, though? Something about distance making the heart go fonder? What? Well, the further you are from the truth of things, the easier it is to idealize them. By the same token, though, I imagine it's also easy to forget what they're actually like. Barry, are you absolutely certain that you don't know how... Oh, hey, Hamish. Oh, good afternoon, Sydney. Happy birthday. Again? Thank you. Well, I'm headed back to the lab. I'll see you this evening. Sydney? Jamie? Have a good one, Hamish. Yeah. Bye. So, what can I do for you, Doctor? Just... Are you sure you can't bake a cake? Pretty damn sure. You can make latkes, but not a cake? My grandmother was an Ashkenazi Jew who thought I should learn how to make the traditional food is an Ashkenazi Jew, actually. She's still alive. Anyway, no, I can't make a cake. Sorry to disappoint. This can't be my day. I can't be running around when I have data from this naval sub to play with. <sighs> it's fine. I just had to ask everyone again before Jack would say yes. Wait. Jack can bake? Jack, apparently, can bake. It was a shock to me, too. Gotta run. The oven won't preheat itself. Also, you should stop by the lab later. Apparently, Mona caught a fish in one of her nets, and it's horrifying. Like, honestly, one of the most disgusting things I've ever seen. I've dissected cadavers. It's awesome! I'm gonna give that a hard pass. Your loss. Later, Barry. McMillan! Ugh, hell, it'll happen someday. Now, Hamish's idea was actually helpful. Distance makes the heart grow fonder? If I'm going off the allegory of the cave model, then I could say it doesn't matter what the cake looks like, because we're so far from the light that everything gets distorted, and we only have our memories to go off of, like a funhouse mirror. Ugh. Of everything I've said today, we're so far from the light that everything gets distorted is the only thing that's worth anything in the 21st century, and that's only worth a cookie and a drink at a communist bar. Anyway... I doubt I'm going to get any further on this line of thought today. I just don't have the energy for it. I'm going to go try to reread The Republic, then go to this birthday party, and try again tomorrow. So for now, these have been the audio notes of Dr. Jamie McMillan Barry, signing off. Under Pressure is a production of the Procyon Podcast Network. This episode was written by Margaret Clark and directed by Margaret Clark and Phoebe Siders. The role of Jamie was played by Madison Schaefer, 
the role of Dr. Peterson was played by Jory Taylor, and the role of Hamish was played by Greg Martin. The show is edited by Aaron S. Dominic Wright composed our theme. To find out more, please visit underpressurepodcast.tumblr.com or find us on Twitter at u underscore p underscore podcast. If you'd like to support us, the show is on Patreon at patreon.com slash underpressure. Please remember to rate and review. Thank you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.